Chapter Four of the Rose Garden Husband. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Herndon Bell. The Rose Garden Husband by Margaret Whittemer. Chapter Four. The library teacher in her sober best suit sat down in her entirely commonplace chair in the quiet old parlor and looked unbelievingly at the sedate elderly couple who had made her this wild proposition she caught her breath but catching her breath did not seem to affect anything that had been said mr de gunther took up the explanation again a little deprecatingly she thought you see now why i requested you to investigate our reputability he said such a proposition as this especially to a young lady who has no parent or guardian requires a considerable guarantee of good faith and honesty of motive will you please tell me more about it she asked quietly she did not feel now as if it were anything that had especially to do with her it seemed more like an interesting story she was unraveling sentence by sentence the long softly lighted old room with its stuarts and sullies and its gracious gray-haired host and hostess seemed only a picturesque part of it her hostess caught up the tale again angela has been nearly distracted she said and the idea has come to her that if she could find some conscientious woman a lady and a person to whom what she could offer would be a consideration who would take charge of poor allan that she could die in peace but why did you think of asking me the girl asked breathlessly and why does she want me married to him and how could you or she be sure that i would not be as much of a hireling as any nurse she may have now mrs de gunther answered the last two questions together mrs harrington's idea is and i think rightly that a conscientious woman would feel the marriage tie however nominal a bond that would obligate her to a certain duty toward her husband as to why we selected you my dear my husband and i have had an interest in you for some years as you know we have spoken of you as a girl whom we should like as a relative why isn't that strange cried phyllis dimpling that's just what i've thought about you mrs de gunther flushed with a delicate old shyness thank you dear child she said i was about to add that we have not seen you at your work all these years without knowing you to have a kind heart and a sense of honor requisite to poor angela's plan we feel sure you could be trusted to take the place mr de gunther has asked his friend mr johnston the head of the library such things as we needed to supplement our personal knowledge of you you have everything that could be asked even to a certain cheerfulness of outlook which poor angela naturally lacks in a measure but but what about me asked phyllis braithwaite 
a little piteously in answer to all this they seemed so certain she was what they wanted was there anything in this wild scheme that would make her life better than it was as the tired ill-paid light-hearted keeper of a roomful of turbulent little foreigners unless you are thinking of marriage phyllis shook her head you would have at least a much easier life than you have now mrs harrington would settle a liberal income on you contingent of course of your faithful wardership over allan we would be your only judges as to that you would have a couple or more months of absolute freedom every year control of much of your own time ample leisure to enjoy it you would give only your chances of actual marriage for perhaps five years for poor allan cannot live longer than that at his present state of retrogression and some part of every day to seeing that allan was not neglected if you bestow on him half of the interest and effort i have known of your giving any one of a dozen little immigrant boys his mother has nothing to fear for him mr de gunther stopped with a grave little bow and he and his wife waited for the reply the library teacher sat silent her eyes on her slim hands that were roughened and reddened by constant hurried washings to get off the dirt of the library books it was true a good deal of it anyhow and one thing they had not said was true also her sunniness and accuracy and strength her stock in trade were wearing thin under the pressure of too long hours and too hard work and too few personal interests her youth was worn down and marriage what chance of love and marriage had she a working girl alone too poor to see anything of the class of men she would be willing to marry she had not for years spent six hours with a man of her own kind and age she had not even been specially in love that she could remember since she was grown up she did not feel much now as if she ever would be all that she had to give up in taking this offer was her freedom such as it was and those fluttering perhapses that whisper such pleasant promises when you are young but then she wouldn't be young so very much longer should she she put it to herself crudely should she wait long hard closed-in years in the faith that she would learn to be absolutely contented or that some man she could love would come to the cheap boarding-house or the little church she attended occasionally when she was not too tired fall in love with her work-dimmed looks at sight and marry her it had not happened all these years while her girlhood had been more attractive and her personality more untired there was scarcely a chance in a hundred for her of a kind lover-husband and such dear picture-book children as she had seen eva atkinson convoying well her mind suddenly came up against the remembrance as against a sober fact that in her passionate wishings of yesterday she had not wished for a lover-husband nor for children she had asked for a husband who would give her money and leisure to be rested and pretty and a rose garden and here 
apparently was her wish uncannily fulfilled well what are you going to do about it inquired the destinies with their traditional indifference we can't wait all night she lifted her head and cast an almost frightened look at the de gunthers waiting courteously for her decision in reply to the look mr de gunther began giving her details about the money and the leisure time and the business terms of the contract generally she listened attentively all that for a little guardianship a little kindness and the giving up of a little piece of life nobody wanted and a few little hopes and dreams phyllis laughed as she always did when there were big black problems to be solved after all it's fairly usual she said i heard last week of a woman who left money along with her pet dog very much the same way did you did you dear asked mrs de gunther beaming then you think you will do it the library teacher rose and squared her straight young shoulders under the worn net waist if mrs harrington thinks i'll do for the situation she said gallantly and laughed again it feels partly like going into a nunnery and partly like going into a fairy story she said to herself that night as she wound her alarm but i wonder if anybody's remembered to ask the consent of the groom End of chapter four